Who cares if the NFL draft is over? It's a special kind of mock draft Monday. That and more on today's episode of Locked on Bucks. You are Locked on Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, and welcome to the Locked On Bucks Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are your daily podcast covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Please subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. You always get the latest episodes when they drop. I am James Jarko, Deputy Editor of SB Nation's BucksNation.com, joined by my Awesome co-host, Mr. David Harrison, who covers your Buccaneers for Sports Illustrated's BucksGameDay.com. And of course, you can follow everything on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks, and at DHarrison82. And we thank you for making Locked On Bucks first listen or your first view today and every day. And a special thank you goes out to all the everydayers joining us here for this first of five episodes this week and it is mock draft Monday because the NFL draft, ladies and gentlemen, is only about 50 weeks away. So there's no better time to get prepared than today. And That's in right. pro football focuses way too early 2024 mock draft written by Mr. Max Chadwick, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers select North Carolina quarterback Drake May James with the fifth overall pick. In 2024. Now, to give a little bit of context, the fifth overall pick in the 2023 NFL draft was earned by the Denver Broncos, who went five and 12. Now, it belonged to the Seahawks because comically, the Denver Broncos traded a whole lot of stuff to get that five win record. Um, but yeah, Denver Broncos, the fifth overall pick, five and 12. What do you think about the top 10 draft pick projection, which, by the way, before you go hard at Max or at PFF, is is based off of Super Bowl 58 betting odds, at least at the time of the writing. And I will tell you, I checked FanDuel's, and uh, currently the Buccaneers are actually fourth uh, worst. So technically, if we were going off of FanDuel odds, PFF would actually be one pick too late. So what do you think of the – I mean, essentially, what do you think of the doubt out there from the betting people – the 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 national media on the Buccaneers and the expectation that they're going to finish this year with the top five pick. I guess in some aspects I get it, in other aspects I don't. Now let's just say hypothetically the Bucks do end up with the number five pick, and hypothetically they do draft Drake May. It's pretty epic to have the number five overall pick in back to back years end up going on to the Pro Football Hall of Fame when their careers are done which is exactly what would happen with Buccaneer Drake May and Seahawk Devin Witherspoon. But I I get it. There's a lot of trepidation, a lot of questions, a lot of doubt surrounding the Todd Bowles-coached Buccaneers, the new offensive coordinator, the question mark at quarterback, whether it's Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask, the question mark surrounding an offensive line, um, there's a lot of doubt and the Buccaneers have a lot of talent and a lot of opportunity to prove those doubters wrong. Oh. I don't think they're going to end up with the top five pick, but I've been wrong before. I'll be wrong again. This is not an outlier. 
that you're wrong, no, that is not an outlier. The fact that the Buccaneers are projected to have a top five pick absolutely is wrong. Uh, look, the Buccaneers, listen, I don't I don't like to get into like offseason like statements of of certainty and all these other things, but under but here's what and I I don't even need to say this to Bucks fans. Like Bucks fans, you know what I'm talking about. But this team legitimately got Tom Brady's worst season. Like the yeah. only season that Tom Brady had worse than this last one from a performance standpoint was the year he tore his ACL in week one. That's the only season in Tom Brady's career that a team got worse production. And yes, of course we give Tom a buy on that week of, or that year of not doing anything because he tore his ACL. Speaking of torn ACLs, they also lost the heart of their offensive line in the first somewhat contactful training camp practice of the year, right? Not only that, but you lose your all pro caliber. I will say that till the day I die, all pro caliber left guard, mm -hmm. Ali Marpet to retirement that off season, which then trickle down economics down to Donovan Smith, who once again, cannot play left tackle without an all pro caliber left guard next to him, which is what we saw before Ali moved over to the left side, right? So you have that. You have Chris Godwin coming off of an ACL, coming back too early as far as I'm concerned. And look, he made it through the season for the most part, and I'm happy for him, but I still think that he came back too early. You've got a pass rush that's completely non-existent, like a 2020 pass rush completely non-existent. You lose Shaq Barrett in the midst of those struggles. You lose your best pass rusher on top of it. Your nose tackle becomes your leading sack getter, and you have the NFL's worst rushing attack. All of those things... By the way, a first-year head coach, like four-year franchise. For I know Todd obviously has experience, but your franchise first-year head coach, not even coaching with the staff that he wants, not even coaching with the staff that he picked. You have all of these things going on, and the Buccaneers won eight games. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like there is talent on this. Like I feel like this is first-year Brady all over again. And honestly, what this is is the dark side of the Brady effect, right? The positive side of the Brady effect is max out on primetime games. Everybody loves you. You're the betting favorite. Nobody counts you out anymore. All that stuff. The negative side, we've been talking about this, right? Mike Evans has like one of the most difficult records to, to, to break in his hands. He's continually extending this record. Nobody talks about it. Nobody talks about it, right? It's the negative side of the Tom Brady effect. We were shocked at the lack of pro bowlers, lack of all pro players during Brady's tenure with the Buccaneers Super Bowl season, right? Why? It's the dark side of the Brady effect. As soon as Brady leaves, your roster is just devoid of talent. Mm -hmm. And it's not true. It's just not true. This roster is not devoid of talent. Now, are they having to, to repair some things? Yes, obviously. Do they need to figure out the left side of their offensive line? Yes, they do. But here's, here's my thing. If you get average or better quarterback play from this team, which I think is basically what the Buccaneers got last year, you're an eight-win team. You're an eight-win team. Like this division didn't, you know, you've got a number one overall pick quarterback. Fantastic. How many times does the number one overall quarterback team have a top five pick the very next year? Because you're not a very good team. Now I understand they had the number nine. They traded up to the number one. I get all that, right? But the bottom line is the Carolina Panthers, not a very good team when they came into this thing. So I'm not offended, but I'm just it's just a little ridiculous to me. Uh, that the Buccaneers are are put this low. I wish I could just bet on, no, they're not going to be as bad as you say they are. Like, I wish I could just bet on that. Unfortunately, uh, I can't just bet on that. And I don't think they're going to win the Super Bowl, but that's a whole different discussion. But James, speaking of Drake May, because that's really what this discussion is supposed to be about. I apologize. I did not see that coming. <laughs> Here is 
Uh, here's what Chad or Max Chadwick wrote in his uh, too early mock draft. Quote, the Buccaneers find their new franchise quarterback in May who has the most valuable player or who was the most valuable player in college football last season, according to our wins above average metric. Again, that's PFF. His 45 big time throws were 10 more than the next closest FBS quarterback. And he tied for second among all quarterbacks with 56 combined rushing first downs and touchdowns end quote. So let's turn the page on this thing. If it's Drake may let's, let's forget all the rest of the stuff, but if Drake may were to join this team next year, he's not Caleb Williams. What do you think? I would be totally fine with it. I think Drake may shows a lot, a lot of promise. Now let's see him get through another season in college, right? Because we've seen guys in the past that showed a lot of promise. And then all of a sudden they return for another year. They regress a little bit. Their, their draft stock falls. Yeah. You know, any number of, you know, God forbid he gets a, a huge season ending injury. You know, he, he tears his ACL. He ruptured his Achilles. He gets his shoulder blown out, something like that. Obviously, we don't want to see that happen. But I think Drake May has all of the makings to be a very successful NFL quarterback. If the chips were to fall this way, I would be totally on board with the Buccaneers being able to draft a quarterback like him. Yeah, no, I'm actually a really big Drake May fan, as as coincidence would have it. I happened to have a good amount of conversations last year with former North Carolina quarterback Sam Howell. And a good amount of those conversations were about Drake, about how he did the last weekend, about who he is as a person, about stories, all those other things. So I actually happened to have kind of gotten to know about, right? Drake may, I don't know him, but I've gotten to know about him. Uh, and yeah, I would I would absolutely be okay with the Buccaneers adding Drake may to the roster if they found themselves in need of a quarterback next year. But before we get to that NFL draft, we have to get through this NFL season. The schedule is supposed to come out this week. James and I are going to make some projections about what we think that schedule will contain. That's coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every single day. And today's episode of Locked On Bucks is brought to you by Built Bar, because if you're looking for a delicious snack and you don't want all the sugar and the calories and you need to try the best tasting protein bar ever, Built, you got to try this. Built Bars are amazing. They're healthy. They taste amazing. And you're not going to realize that they're actually healthy because they're covered in 100% real dark chocolate and they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, and cookies and cream. They taste like candy bars, but contain amazing macros with just 130 calories, only four grams of sugar while bringing 17 grams of protein. And the best part is you can get them at Walmart, you can get them at Sam's Club, or you can get them delivered right to your door through built.com. Go to the pharmacy section of Walmart and grab a four bar box of cookies and cream bar, double chocolate bar, or the coconut puffs. Or if you're a Sam's Club, you can grab a 13-bar box of brownie batter puff and churro puff. And right now, you can run to Built.com. I suggest you run using your fingers and get in on the return of the peanut butter bar. That's Built.com. Built different. You got to try this. Thanks for making Lockdown Bucks first this year's first view of the day today and every day. Every dayers tomorrow. Come on back because James and I will have the next installment of our film watching series as I wipe the spit off my own lip. Um, we are looking at uh, the quarterback that the Buccaneers drafted. His name is offensive lineman Cody Malk out of North Dakota State. So that's not a quarterback. Not even a little bit. Not sure. We will be <laughs> we will be looking at Cody Malk. We will readdress the offensive line, and this will get a little bit interesting. We'll see how we if we if we are synonymous, if we are seeing the offensive line breaking down 
uh, the same way. We just got done talking about the quarterback that the Buccaneers are going to draft next year, according to Pro Football Focus. is way too early mock draft. And real quick, just a couple of notes uh, on the accuracy of these types of things because James and I were pretty stunned when we went through this. Um, last year, Michael Renner did PFF's way too early mock draft for 2023. It was dated May 2nd, so almost a week uh, from today, last year, one year ago. He had the Buccaneers selecting number 31 uh, overall, so obviously he projected a much better season for the Bucs than it actually happened, and he thought they were going to take quarterback Devin Leary out of NC State, again, preparing for the departure of Tom Brady. Now, Devin Leary, you didn't hear his name draft weekend. Why? Because he's still playing college football. He's actually going to play for Kentucky this year as a grad transfer uh, for the 2023 NCAA football season. But Michael Renner did have Bryce Young going number one overall, so that was accurate, although it was the Houston Texans, which it should have been if not for Lovey Smith. But, Bucks fans, you've seen that story before. Uh, he did have C.J. Stroud as the second quarterback off the board. That was accurate. He had Alabama's Will Anderson as the top defender off the board. That was accurate. Bijan Robinson was his top running back. That was accurate. Here's what kind of really got me creeped out. He projected Miles Murphy to the Cincinnati Bengals at pick number 22. A year later, Miles Murphy went to the Cincinnati Bengals, pick number 28. I know it's six picks different, but I don't care. That's eerie to me. And 15 of the players that he mocked a year out landed in the first round of this year's NFL draft. So I I, I call that a success. Oh, absolutely. I, it, it In a draft like we just had, getting basically half of the first rounders right knocked it out of the park because how many times did we see players like Brian Branch and Will Levis and you know we saw all these different names being mocked in the first round and the first win round went off the rails like almost immediately yeah. so you know a year out not seeing some of these guys who we know eventually will emerge we know there's going to be you know, one or two quarterbacks that nobody is talking about right now that skyrocket and all of a sudden they are slam dunk for sure. Top five picks. All that stuff happens every single year. So, no, that was that was pretty impressive for a way too early mock. Yeah. And I mean, and honestly, I mean, you look at a guy like Devin Leary out of NC State that he projected in the mock who didn't leave college. Right. That's a little bit harder to project. But you were mentioning it was he was one of the most highly recruited transfer uh, mm -hmm. players. In, in the history of the transfer portal. So uh, pretty, pretty strong to believe that Devin Leary probably would have gotten some first round buzz uh, had he decided to come out of NC State. But anyway, again, he dealt with an injury. He got hurt. In yeah, he got injured the rest of the season. So now he's going back for for one more chance to prove that he's up there with the Drake Mays and the Caleb Williamses uh, to be able to to be one of those top picks. So smart decision <laughs> on his part, you know, to try to make up for that lost year. Hendon Hooker empathizes 100 percent. No doubt. Uh, but that's next year. But again, before we get to next year, we got to get through this year. And the NFL has said that their targeted release date for the NFL schedule is this Thursday, May 11th. Now, again, that's the targeted release date, which means it may not actually come out that day. Um, there's a lot of concerts going on. Ed Sheeran is doing some stuff. Taylor Swift, I heard, is doing some stuff. 50 Cent might be doing something. So yeah, maybe some of those things are going to uh, impact some decisions here. But we know this. Regardless of when the schedule comes out, the Buccaneers are going to be hosting of course, the Saints, Panthers, Falcons, boo, nobody cares, but also the Chicago Bears, the Detroit Lions, the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Tennessee Titans, and the Philadelphia Eagles. They will be visiting, again, the Panthers, Saints, Falcons, nobody cares, the Green Bay Packers as well, the Minnesota Vikings, the Houston Texans, Indianapolis Colts, San Francisco 49ers, and the Buffalo Bills. So here's how we're going to do this. We're not going to project all 17 games. Instead, we're going to kind of hit the highlights here, James. 
week one, starting this whole thing off, who do you think the NFL schedule makers are going to send to Tampa or send Tampa to go play? It will be the Chicago Bears visiting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in week one. I don't have a reason for it. That just seemed like a week one kind of matchup. It's it's not super sexy. Yeah. The super sexy games are going to be, obviously, Kansas City plays on Thursday night. The NFC East is going to be in prime time on Sunday night and probably again on Monday night. And then you're going to have an AFC West team in prime time on Monday night after the NFC East team uh, you know, for the usual Monday doubleheader, it'll probably be like Vegas and the Chargers uh, as the second half of that doubleheader. So I was like, you know what? Why not Chicago? It's an old, old school Buccaneers rivalry. Yeah. Uh, Justin Fields can get smacked around by Shaq Barrett and Kalijah Kansi, and it just works. Yeah, yeah, definitely old NFC Central rivalry right yeah, um like just like just like the battle of the bay and that's what i have predicted for week one is the tampa bay buccaneers heading to lambo to play in the thought out tundra of green bay and to welcome jordan love to the ranks of starting quarterback them and here's why because the nfl loves storylines right well let's let's be completely honest this buccaneers green bay game not going to be as sexy as it has been in years past right so the sexiest you can make this is Two teams who are both moving on from Hall of Fame quarterbacks with new quarterbacks that both need to prove themselves for different reasons. You can't wait on that. You get to like week four. I mean, who knows what's going to happen? Like Baker Mayfield could have 16 touchdowns or 16 interceptions. Jordan Love might have, you know, pulled a, v a VY and just disappeared from the entire franchise. So you got to get it in early. You got to get that storyline early. It's week one. People are going to watch anyway. So he doesn't have to be like the most amazing storyline, but it gives you a reason to give it probably a 425 kickoff and give people a reason to stick around after their wings have gotten cold. Now let's fast forward to the end of the season, James. How do you see the Buccaneers wrapping up their regular season schedule in week 18? They open up at home. They end at home facing the Atlanta Falcons for like the third time in four years or the fourth time in fifth years. Uh, that is common. seems to be a pretty solid prediction that Atlanta will be the opponent in week 18. I also have the Buccaneers starting on the road and ending on the road. I did not do that on purpose, to be quite honest with you, but it happened the way that it happened. And I've got them going to Carolina to end the season because here's the bottom line. One of two things is going to happen. Either the Bucs or the Panthers will be in playoff contention. I don't think they both will be. I think one or the other will be, or they're both going to be completely eliminated. If they're completely eliminated, you kind of want to throw away the game anyway. You just, you just kind of do whatever you do with it. But if either of them are in contention, you've got the defending division champs. You've got the number one overall pick. The storylines write themselves. James, most likely primetime home game. The Philadelphia Eagles, because number one, they're the defending NFC champions. Number two, they're in the NFC East. Number three, the Bucks' home opponents stink. And so this is the most appealing uh, possibility for a home game to be thrown into prime time. Uh, I'm going versus Carolina. So I just went at Carolina to end the season going at home against Carolina. Again, number one overall pick defending NFC South champions. I'm calling this a Thursday nighter. Honestly, that's probably how that's going to go down. Most likely prime time away game. James, who do you got? Uh, I will go at the Indianapolis Colts. And again, this is a Thursday nighter. 
The Colts may not be very good. The Bucs may not be very good. But it's a game that they can throw on Thursday night, get each of them their guaranteed primetime game for the season, and you get Anthony Richardson, the you know superior Florida quarterback between the two teams, on national television. You got Baker. You got you know it's the the third time and or the third year in a row that they will be at Indianapolis. Now, granted, last year was a preseason game, but you know there's there's a a little bit of intrigue there, I guess. And of course it also gives uh, Al Michaels an opportunity to talk about the Peyton Manning primetime comeback in Tampa, because these two teams can't play each other without bringing up that comeback. It was, it was, it was a good comeback though. My most likely away primetime game is in new Orleans. And I'm calling this like week two or three, like this might be week two, Sunday night football, because what you do if you're in the NFL is you give the Saints a softball pitch. I don't know what their full schedule looks like, but you give them the easiest team you think they have on their schedule for week one. They come in there and you hope that they completely demolish whoever that team is because then they come in Sunday night football and Derek Carr's career is revitalized. New Orleans is back and now they're going to unseat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers post Tom Brady. Devin White's going to come in there and Baker Mayfield gets thrown into the middle of this chaotic non-rivalry, according to Saints fans. Um, it could turn out beautiful or it could turn out horrendous. And it really depends on how you want that game to go on, whether or not you classify it either way. James, which game do you want to see the most? I most want to see the game against the Detroit Lions. And I will tell you why. Everybody is all over the Lions. Oh, the Lions are going to win the division. Oh, the Lions are actually a contender. The Lions are, they're building something special. No, they're not. No, they're not. They're going to end up under 500 because they're the Lions. And you're really going to trust Jared Giff to have back-to-back good seasons? It's not happening. So I'm very much looking forward to the Detroit Lions hype to come crashing down and imploding on everyone bucks by 20. (laughs) <laughs> I like it. I like it. I am one of the people saying that the Lions could win the NFC North, but that's that's as far as I go on this. Okay, I don't know. Miss me with the rest of that stuff. Uh, the game I would most like to see is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers hosting the Chicago Bears because uh, what's better than one Ohio State quarterback playing in Tampa? It's two Ohio State quarterbacks playing in Tampa. But James, we are a week removed from the NFL draft, and there are some new power rankings that have come out, and they hate the Buccaneers because everybody hates the Buccaneers again. That's coming up next on today's episode of Locked on Bucks. Wrapping things up here on a Monday edition of Locked on Bucks podcast. And Dan Hansis, our favorite guy, he's a big fan of the show. Uh, he dropped his post-draft power rankings. And the Buccaneers slid down the list quite a bit. Now, the movement was based off of his post-free agency rankings, not the end of season rankings. So these have evolved a little bit throughout the offseason. His top riser was Baltimore jumping six spots from 13 to seven. And his biggest slide basically was Carolina, who dropped seven spots from 18 to 25. Now the Buccaneers were 24th prior to the draft. And Hansis now has them 29th ahead of only the Washington Commanders, Houston Texans, and Arizona Cardinals. Hansis says, quote, 
The Buccaneers are serious about this Baker Mayfield thing, huh? Tampa Bay chose not to address the quarterback position with its eight picks in the 2023 NFL draft, setting up a summertime camp battle between Mayfield, the number one overall pick turned journeyman, and former second round choice Kyle Trask. It's not a situation that inspires an enormous amount of confidence, but it's worth remembering that Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are still around to help things along as much as they can. First round pick Kalijah Kansi continues a trend in Tampa Bay, becoming the third defensive tackle in six years to be selected with the Bucs top choice. They have a type. End quote. David, your reaction to Hansis poo-pooing the fact that they're sticking with Baker Mayfield. Yeah. So here's my problem with post-draft grades and power rankings. And I've already said this on the show. I'm going to say it again anyway. Every day is bear out or just bear with me. I'll make it shorter this time around. Basically, what we're exposing here is how much you agree or disagree with the team's moves. Because here's the thing, and this is why you pointed out that these power rankings are shifts from post-free agency. Well, what happened in free agency? What happened in free agency or leading up to free agency is Tom Brady retired. Uh, the Buccaneers got Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask and Dave Canales added to their offense. That's what led to the 24th overall ranking in the first place. Like this 29th ranking is post all that. So basically what Dan is saying is, I didn't want you to stick with Baker. Well, Dan, it's great. But if you were going to rank the Buccaneers 29th because Baker Mayfield was a projected starter quarterback, you should have done it during the free agency power ranking shift. What this tells me is that you didn't pay attention. You didn't understand that this was a real thing. We've been saying it. Pewter Report's been saying it. Tampa Bay Times has been saying it. Jenna Lane on ESPN has been saying it. Loose Cannons has been saying it. J.C. Cornell has been tweeting it like this Baker Mayfield being the starting quarterback of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is not news. All it is, is not what Dan Hans has wanted them to do. Therefore, in, in, in this world, he they are the 2019 uh, in the NFL. It's just honestly, it's just like the Carolina Panthers, who had the number one overall pick and traded away D.J. Moore in the last rankings. And then they spend the number one overall pick on supposedly the best quarterback in the draft and they somehow slide in the power rankings. I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't really make any sense to me other than basically Dan just doesn't like what the NFC South is doing. And the last thing I will say to Dan is they did not draft three straight defensive tackles because all of those draft picks play outside linebacker or defensive end. Here's my thing. And look, I, I was steering the locked on bucks Baker ship. You were not on board. You know, before it no, happened. I was I was smuggled on board against my will with my hands duct tape behind my back. Baker Mayfield is not a journeyman quarterback. He was a guy who was drafted number one overall to a team that had zero wins the year before he arrived. Zero. Within three years, he had them in the playoffs. Then he tries to play through injury because an injured Baker was a better plan than anybody they had backing him up. And it didn't go so well. And the Browns used that as an excuse to completely destroy the quarterback market in a trade for Deshaun Watson. Yeah. So Baker gets shipped off to a team that is an even bigger dumpster fire than Cleveland in the Carolina Panthers. And he didn't really get a fair shake there. He arrived during training camp. So then they let him go and the Rams pick him up. 
That's not a journeyman. A journeyman is Josh McCown. A journeyman is Ryan Fitzpatrick. That is not who Baker Mayfield is. And like him or not, he's an okay, pretty solid quarterback. I'm not sitting here pounding the table saying he's going to be top 10, but he's got as good a chance as any to be the best quarterback in the NFC South. And just because Dan Hansis doesn't like him doesn't matter. I should put out my own power rankings of people that do NFL power rankings. And guess what, Dan? You just slid 11 spots because I don't like your assessment of what Baker Mayfield is or who the Buccaneers draft. So sorry about your luck. You just slid from 12th to 23rd. How do you feel about it? Yeah, well, I mean, the second you refer to Joe Tryon Schwenk as a defensive tackle, you pretty much lose uh, the credibility for that article. We Look, we all make mistakes. I'm not going to say we pretend I'm perfect and I never have a mistake or call Cody Mal Cody Mock or anything like that. So, you know, let's let's. We'll, we'll 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 temper that a little bit, but bottom line is what the bottom line is. Look, I'll give you a hot take. Uh, the Seattle Seahawks, specifically Dave Canales, wanted Baker Mayfield last year. They wanted mm-hmm. to trade for Baker Mayfield. Uh, the Los Angeles Rams ended up with Baker Mayfield after, like you said, he goes to Carolina in a very desperate, desperate coaching situation. Like Matt Rule basically knew either I win this year or I'm fired. So why not take a flyer on a Baker Mayfield, a number one overall draft pick? And then when that didn't work out immediately, well, crap, let me flip over to this other first round draft pick quarterback, Sam Darnold. Well, crap, maybe, I don't know, PJ Walker, you know, is there another St. Louis Battlehawks quarterback available? Like Matt Rule was basically just saying like, all right, this quarterback didn't work. Let's do this one. This quarterback didn't work. Let's do this one. There was no rhyme or reason to this thing. It was just, let me find a guy and hope that I can save my job. Los Angeles was the only place that really gave him any type of semblance of I want to say security, rather than stability, maybe, right? And I'll tell you right now, here's my hot take. If Baker Mayfield had gotten traded to the Seattle Seahawks in the first place, he's their starting quarterback this year. Yeah. If Matt Stafford, so that's a what if could have happened. If Matt Stafford didn't have a $42 million dead cap figure this year, I think Baker Mayfield's starting quarterback in Los Angeles. Honestly. Um, and I wasn't, you're right. I wasn't on the Baker Mayfield train, but I will say this. I would have preferred Derek Carr. I'm not going to shy away from that. But if I'm putting these two guys on the sliding scale, Baker Mayfield is barely underneath Derek Carr. Like he's so far close underneath Derek Carr. He could tie Derek Carr's cleats. Like he's he's not that far away from him. And depending on system fits, scheme fits, weapon usage, all that stuff, by the end of the season, he could actually be above him. And He's like a tenth of the price. All right. He's a tenth of the price. David, before we get out of here, we do need to announce our NFL draft giveaway winner. And this winner was someone who sent in an email draft question on a WTSP Wednesday episode of the podcast. So, Gabe, congratulations on being chosen for our giveaway, go ahead and email us at lockedonbuckspodcast@gmail.com to let us know where to send your prize. And Gabe, I hope I hope you're an everydayer. I hope you listen all the way through the end because if Gabe doesn't claim his prize this week, then we're going to go ahead and redraw and we're going to announce a new winner on Monday's show. So, Gabe, this is your one and only. Uh, One and only warning, you got to email us and let us know that you heard that you won the giveaway and we will get that price sent out to you ASAP. 
But we want to thank each and every one of you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen or view every day. And for our everydayers on tomorrow's episode, we're going to continue our NFL draft class deep dive film study, whatever you want to call it. We're going to talk a little bit. Cody Malk. Of course, you can send in your questions, your thoughts, your ideas to LockedOnBucksPodcast at gmail.com or DM us on Twitter at LockedOnBucks. Check out David's work over on BucksGameDay.com. Check out mine at BucksNation.com. Follow everything on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JayArco underscore Bucks, and at DHarrison82. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding day. Stay safe, stay healthy, fire the cannons. We thank you so much for joining us right here on Locked On Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.